Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Tie up your coffee cup. Have you ever been told to drink coffee because it could affect your heart negatively? If so, you can now let go of that belief. According to the Washington Post, coffee doesn't have to be avoided, even if you're at risk for arrhythmias or abnormal heart rhythms. A study published in JAMA Internal Medicine by researchers at the University of California at San Francisco analyzed data from more than 380,000 people and found that coffee drinking habits were not associated with an increase in arrhythmias. Neither was an individual's ability to metabolize caffeine associated with a heightened risk of abnormal heart rhythms. In fact, analysis of self-reported coffee consumption appeared to indicate that those who drank more had a potentially lower risk of developing certain types of arrhythmias, including atrial fibrillation, which can cause blood clot, stroke, or heart failure. Daniel Cantillon, the associate section head of cardiac electrophysiology and pacing at the Cleveland Clinic, says that caffeine is a very complicated drug. Overall, it is a strong stimulant to the nervous system and a relatively weak stimulant to the vascular system. Although caffeine does raise levels of catecholamines, hormones that can impart increased heart rate, Dr. Cantillon said it can also trigger other responses that may have balancing effects in the heart. Additionally, increasing evidence suggests that AFib may be linked to inflammation and coffee is known to have some natural antioxidant properties. Dr. Fred Kuzumoto, an electrophysiologist and cardiologist who's a director at the Heart Rhythm Services at the Mayo Clinic in Florida, cautioned against overinterpreting the study's results by saying, this doesn't mean that I would have people start drinking coffee to prevent AFib, but for one, it is difficult to determine whether coffee consumption alone is responsible for a lower risk of arrhythmias. Other factors can be hard to measure, such as sleep habits and diet, which may also be involved. Dr. Daniel Catalan goes on to say, if you enjoy the taste and the flavor and the immediate effects on your concentration of drinking coffee, this study and other studies like it seem to suggest that there's no cardiovascular penalty associated with drinking coffee. Just remember the saying, everything in moderation. Superbug fungus is spreading. Untreatable is not a word that anybody wants to hear when it's being used in reference to a virus, bacteria, parasite, or fungus. Unfortunately, U.S. health officials have found evidence of an untreatable fungus spreading in two hospitals and a nursing home. According to ABC News, the fungus, also being hailed as a superbug, was reported by the CDC as being found in a Washington, D.C. nursing home 
and two Dallas, Texas hospitals. What makes these outbreaks particularly scary is that five of the patients had invasive candida oris infections, which were impervious to all three major classes of medications. Sadly, three of the five patients who were fully resistant to treatment passed on. Dr. Megan Lyman of the CDC said, this is really the first time we're starting to see clustering of resistance in which patients seem to be getting the infections from one another. Candida auris is a harmful form of yeast that is considered dangerous to patients with serious medical problems. It is the most deadly when it enters the bloodstream, heart, or brain, and outbreaks in healthcare facilities start when the fungus spreads through patient contact or on contaminated surfaces. Health officials have been alarmed for years with the superbug after seeing infections in which commonly used drugs had little effect. In 2019, doctors diagnosed three cases in New York that were also resistant to a class of drugs called aketocandins, which are considered a last line of defense. In those cases, since there was no evidence these infections had spread from one patient to the other, scientists concluded that the resistance to the drugs formed during treatment. However, according to the CDC, the recent cases in DC and Texas spread from patient to patient. Now, what does all this mean moving forward? This is a really scary organism. I fear for the first time that I'm going to actually see it in my clinical practice, especially when I practice at the hospital. What I've been reading about this case has been that people infected with this organism, the outcomes are usually tragic. It's called Candida auris. Auris means ear. It was first isolated from an ear in the Far East. And now, of course, over time, as we have said here on Noise Filter, that travel is such a huge part of transmission of microbes. And what we're seeing now at U.S. hospitals is the introduction of this horrific organism. And again, just to be very, very clear, it does exclusively affect those that are most at risk, which are those that are immunocompromised and elderly. Genetically modified mosquitoes to rescue against malaria? When you hear the term GMO or genetically modified organism, what does it make you think of? And if you thought of mosquitoes, you would be correct. According to NPR, scientists have found a way to genetically alter mosquitoes in an attempt to rid the world of malaria, a mosquito-borne parasitic disease. Malaria remains a major health problem. Despite efforts to contain it, it sickens more than 200 million people every year and kills more than 400,000, many of whom are children. A study published in Nature Communications Journal describes how researchers placed genetically modified mosquitoes in a special laboratory that simulated the conditions in sub-Saharan Africa where malaria is readily spread by normal mosquitoes. Using CRISPR, a technique that enables scientists to easily make precise changes in DNA, they caused the mutation in a gene known as double sex, which female mosquitoes need for normal development. The mutation deforms their mouths, making them unable to bite and spread the parasite. It also deforms the reproductive organs, rendering them unable to lay eggs. The mutation is combined with a gene drive in the male mosquitoes that is effectively a selfish type of genetic 
element that spreads itself in the mosquito population, said Tony Nolan of the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, who helped develop and test the mosquitoes. The researchers then released dozens of the gene-drive mosquitoes into special large cages containing hundreds of natural mosquitoes. According to the study's authors, the gene-drive mosquitoes decimated the natural mosquito populations in less than a year. While some researchers are excited about the potential for this scientific advancement, others are far more skeptical and feel the science is too dangerous. And speaking on a personal level, I feel as though this science is too dangerous and it would be irresponsible for us to release a mosquito like this into nature. Nima Basi, who heads the health of Mother Earth Foundation in Nigeria, an environmental advocacy group, said, the idea of gene-drive mosquitoes is something that is very disturbing to me and to many people that I speak to. It has the possibility of disrupting the balance in our ecosystems in ways that cannot be predicted. And again, I just want to say I 100% agree with Nemo Basi that we have no idea what would happen if we would release something like this into nature. Although, again, interesting from a science perspective, very uncomfortable about releasing something like this into nature. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.